Bibles, turn to Joshua chapter 3, 1 Peter 1, 16, and 1 Peter 3, 15. I'm going to conclude on the teaching that I've been doing on consecration. And uh, I know it was supposed to be two weeks or two part, but I didn't finish it, and I feel to conclude today. So what I want to do, I want to go over a few things and then conclude the teaching. All right, so Joshua chapter 3 from verse 5, well, really verse 5 said, And Joshua said to the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. 1 Peter 1, 15 and 16. 1 Peter 1, 15 and 16. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, because it is written, Be holy, for I am holy. And then 1 Peter 3, 15. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. So far, we've defined what we mean by consecration, but let me give the definition again for the purpose of this study. Consecration is really the separation of oneself from things that are unclean or that hinder us and uh, separating ourselves from anything that would hinder or is unclean for the purposes of God and to enhance our relationship with him and his purpose. So consecration is the separation of oneself from things that are unclean, especially anything that would contaminate or pollute our relationship with God so that we can devote ourselves to God and his will and purpose. It really means to set ourselves apart or be separated for his use. And one of the key scriptures also we looked at is in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 20 and 21. And he says, but in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honor and some for dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel of honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. So we establish that in every house or every great house, every church within the body of Christ, you are either a vessel for honor or a vessel for dishonor. You are either a vessel that God sees as honorable, worthy, or a vessel of dishonor. In other words, a vessel that brings shame and disgrace. The good news is this, is that if you are a vessel of dishonor, you can become a vessel of honor. How? He tells us, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, in other words, from being dishonorable, he becomes a vessel of honor, sanctified or consecrated and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. So this is how you know if you're a vessel of honor. First of all, if you are sanctified. In other words, if you keep yourself pure from the pollution of the world. And secondly, this is how you know if you're a vessel of honor. If you are useful for the master. In other words, the master finds you useful 
in promoting his kingdom and his purpose. Now, beloved, even vessels of dishonor can be used by God. He said to Pharaoh, for this reason have I raised you up, so that I will show my strength through you. Now, because of Pharaoh's obstinacy, his disobedience, God used that very bad character to manifest his power. But he was a vessel of dishonor in that sense. So you can be used by God either as a vessel of honor or as a vessel of dishonor. Are you still here? All right, so he says prepared for every good work. That's another way you can tell if you are a vessel of honor. You are ever ready to do good works. Okay, so we, we then talked about what do we need to consecrate to God. We said first of all ourselves, I don't want to go too much into that. We consecrate ourselves to God. So from time to time, now, now let's just go back. When we got born again, in one sense, automatically we became consecrated to God. But like we established, there are levels of consecration. And we mustn't confuse consecration with righteousness. When you got born again, you were imputed the righteousness of God. In other words, you were approved and made right by God. Your consecration can never make you more righteous. Your consecration can never make you more righteous. But when it comes to holiness, which is that sense of being dedicated to God, there are levels of holiness. And there are levels of holiness through how we consecrate ourselves. And so, from time to time, you can make decisions to consecrate yourself more than you normally would. So, for instance, if I said to some of you, next week Sunday, you're going to preach. I bet you, and you had to do it, you couldn't say no. I bet you the way you would live your life those seven weeks will be one of the best Christian experiences of your of your work. Why? Because you consecrated yourself. You decided to watch what you were going to do because you didn't want to look bad when you stood before this holy convocation. Are you still here? Or let's say you had to go and pray for somebody who had a demon in them. And you had to be alone with them. I remember many years ago, this lady used to give me a lot of grief, actually. She was nice, but she, she used to give me a lot of grief. And um, one day, she was, not just me, she gave everybody a lot of grief. She gave everybody, you know, she could tell you, shut up, Pastor Joe, you're stupid. She could tell you what she liked. She was very powerful. Then one day, she was locked alone in a room with a demonized person, and she started begging the demon. I said, look at that. See, she could tell me where to go, but she was begging it because the demon said, I'm going to kill you. The point I'm making is, is this. If you know you have to face somebody who's demonized, the way you would live your life would be a bit different, isn't it? You'd consecrate yourself. So, anyway, why do we need to consecrate ourselves? Sorry, what do we need to consecrate? First of all, ourselves. Secondly, we talked about our wealth and possessions, what we own. Now, I want to dwell here a little bit. You know we have the saying where we say, everything I have belongs to God. Isn't it? How many of you, everything you have belongs to God? Well, I used to even say that myself, that everything I have belongs to God. 
But as I've studied this, I realized that actually, although the earth is the Lord's, the fullness thereof, he has given me things. He's, putting thi- he's put things in my hands. Psalm 115 verse 16 says this, the heavens and the heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth he has given to the sons of men, or the children of men. So God has entrusted into our care certain things. And it is up to us how we use those things. So, for instance, in Acts chapter 5, verses 3 and 4, when Ananias and Sapphira held back part of the money of the land they had sold, Peter said this, while Satan filled your heart, so did you lie to the Holy Spirit. Whilst the land was in your possession, was it not yours? And after you sold it, was not the money in your control to do with it as you please? Why then have you allowed Satan to fill your heart and do this thing? The point there is this. As New Testament believers, it was theirs to do with as they pleased. So, how we consecrate what we have to God depends on our willingness to yield it to God. Because not everything we have belongs to God. Everything we have belongs to us, and then we decide which part we want to belong to God. Are you still here? All right, third point, what do we consecrate? What do we need to consecrate? We said our abilities. Our abilities involves all our strength, our will, our giftings, our talents. It includes our influence. It includes the use of our time. And there are aspects of our abilities that we use for ourselves. And there are aspects that we can consecrate to God. Beloved, I wonder whether you need to consecrate an ability to God. I wonder whether you need to make a quality decision that something that you view as precious, you're going to give it to God. I even discovered that as a pastor doing ministry, I can be doing ministry for myself, not for God. And that although God is using me to bless people and he's using me so that his kingdom can come through me, nonetheless, the bottom line is I'm doing the ministry for myself. But if I consecrate the ministry to God, then I will do it for God, regardless of the reward. Regardless of how people treat you, how people treat me, how people appreciate or don't appreciate, I'll do it for God. So my emphasis is this, that we consecrate our abilities to God based on choice. I wonder what you need to consecrate to God. Maybe you need to consecrate your job to God. Maybe you need to consecrate your time to God or aspects of your time. Maybe you need to consecrate your, your um, maybe what you do in work to God, etc. Anyway, and then we said we talked about we consecrate our families to God. One of the challenges I have in the ministry is willing to trust God with my family, especially when I travel. As if by me being around, I could stop an earthquake happening. But sometimes, just letting God own your family so that you trust him for the outcome of whatever happens to your family. The other day, I saw an internet posting that made me weep. 
and it was about a Syrian pastor. I don't know if some of you saw it. A Syrian pastor who went out to preach, and when he came back, his wife and his children were dead. And you saw him weeping as he sat there. And then they asked him, would you preach again? Would you go out again? He said, of course I'll go out again. Man, that just broke me. He said, of course I'll go out again. But they were dead. He had consecrated his ministry to God to the point where he, does, he didn't do what Western Christians do. Start blaming God. God didn't kill them. What Western Christians, if God, I'm doing your work, why have you let this happen to me? When you consecrate something to God, including your family, your children, you are willing, if he permits it, for the worst to happen. Not that we want the worst to happen. And then what else we said? You consecrate your future. Your future. Jeremiah 29, verse 18, is it? Do you remember? You're looking at me. Hello? Jeremiah 29, verse 11. For I know the thoughts as I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Are you willing to consecrate your future to God? The outcome of what is ahead that you have no control over. All right. So then we talked about this is we talked about why we need to consecrate ourselves to God. I won't go into that because of time. I want now to dwell on how we consecrate ourselves to God. How we consecrate ourselves to God. John chapter 15 verse 4. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Abiding in the Lord or remaining in the Lord is the key to consecrating ourselves to God. Making a conscious decision to always be connected to Jesus, to always remain in the Lord is the key. Making that conscious decision that you're not going to allow anything or anyone to cause you to break fellowship with the Lord. In the journey of your faith, there are many things that will come your way, positive and negative, that can cause you to make a wrong turn. But beloved, I want to encourage you. Whatever wrong turn you may have made, you can make the right decision and return back to the Lord quickly. You don't have to if it took you 10 years to make a wrong turn or 20 years to make a wrong turn, you don't need 20 years of laboring to come back. All you need is a decision. That's all you need. He says, abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot be a fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. Once we're born again, sanctification is the process through which we consecrate ourselves to God in various ways. But ultimately, it all boils down to this, that we're consecrating ourselves to the Lord to continuously remain in him, to grow deeper and deeper in him, stronger and stronger in him, so that the fruit that we yield gets sweeter and sweeter, better and better. 
You're bearing a level of fruit at this stage of your journey. But I'm praying that in 10 years' time, the fruit you bear will be sweeter. And it will be determined by how you continued to remain in the Lord. So, how, are the, how do we do it? Number one, through the decision to separate from worldliness and give ourselves completely to God. Now, we define worldliness as highlighted in 1 John chapter 2. I can't quite remember the exact verse. I think verse 17, 18, 19. It's in 1 John 2 somewhere. Last of the flesh, last of the eyes, pride of life. These are the things that demonstrate worldliness. These are the things that show whether you have allowed the system of this world to grab your heart. 2 Corinthians 6 verse 17 says, Come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord, and do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive you. Beloved, there are things in the world that will seek to pollute your relationship with the Lord. There are certain things that you do, every time when you do them, it undermines your faith. You make a decision to separate from worldliness. I'm not talking about going to church every day, every hour. That's not what I mean. I'm not talking about not having friends who are, or having friends who are non-Christians. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the influence of the system of this world not grabbing your heart. Now, one of the things I'll say is that even like as you're listening, there may be something in your life that the Lord is highlighting. If you're like me, sometimes the struggle is this. If I say I'm giving this thing up and I fail, it's going to be very bad. So I'd rather not do it right now. But I've discovered the secret. You will fail. You will fail. But the issue is you learn to say yes to whatever God is asking you to say yes to at that time and he will give you grace to deal with tomorrow. But what you don't do is think that you can make a decision in your own self-will and determination that is going to see you through the end of your days. Beloved, when Peter said, all of these may depart, but I'm willing to go to jail and die for you, he meant it. But yet that same night he betrayed the Lord or he, he betrayed or he denied the Lord three times. In other words, our best intentions is not good enough. But what God does is he highlights in our hearts, to us, through our conscience, an issue that he wants us to address now. And when we address that issue now, then he gives us the grace to live in the good of it now. Now tomorrow, something else will come. But because you said yes today, there will be grace for tomorrow. And even if you stumble and fall, there will be grace to pick you up. Though a just man falls seven times, yet will the Lord raise him up. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Though he falls, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord opposes him with his hand. Beloved, don't worry about falling. Learn to say yes to what God is highlighting in your heart now. He says, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. 
He said, behold, now is the day of visitation. Today is the day of salvation. God deals with us now. So if he's highlighting an area of worldliness in your heart now, just say to him, I let it go. I yield it to you. Say yes to him. Can you say amen, somebody? Number two, we consecrate ourselves through repentance. Through repentance. What is repentance? It is the decision to turn in the opposite direction to something or to a destination that we're going. To make an opposite turn. So if I was going this way and I repent, I will start going this way. In the same way, when we consecrate ourselves through repentance, there is something that we stop and there's something that we start to do. And we make, uh, we consecrate ourselves through repentance by confession, renouncing of specific issues and embracing righteousness regarding that. So for instance, let's say you want to consecrate yourself to more prayer. No, forget that one. Let me do one that I need to do. You want to consecrate yourself from losing your temper unnecessarily. How many of you have that some, once in a while? Well, the best way to do that is to acknowledge the sin of uh, losing your temper unnecessarily. And not give yourself any excuse why you do it. The reason why I lose my temper because my children sometimes just don't listen. Well, if that's the reason, then you will always lose your temper because they're not always going to listen. Are you still here? So you make a decision that says, Lord, your word declares, do not be hasty to be angry because anger rests in the bosom of fools. And because I'm not a fool, from this day, I choose not to be quick to get angry. So when you find the emotion rising up and you remember your consecration, you say no. See, because the emotion will rise up and then you will remember your consecration. And then what we say is, listen, I'm only human. Consecration or no consecration, here it comes. Hmm. All right, 1 John chapter 1 verse 8 to 10. If we say we have not sinned, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us or this truth is not in us. So when you acknowledge where you've gone wrong and you confess it and you agree with God about what he says about it, you position yourself to be clean from it. How do we consecrate ourselves? Number three, through receiving the word of God. Through receiving the word of God. So even now, as you are hearing God's word, you can consecrate yourself through the hearing of the word. John chapter 15 verse 3, the Lord said to the disciples just before they denied him, you are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Before they denied him, before they abandoned him, he said you are already clean. The word has more power than your actions. 
the word, the ability of the word of God to keep you is more powerful than your future failures. When you receive the word by faith, something begins to happen to your life. The word begins to work in your life to transform you. This is why you must learn to expose yourself to the word. This is why sometimes you're coming to church, you're thinking a certain way, you know, it's like, this is how I'm going to do. And then as you hear the word, you start to change. You say, that man has a hypnotic effect. No, it's not the man. <laughs> how does he know these things? No, it's the word. I don't know anything. Really, I don't. I don't know what you did. But the power of the word searches. And when you receive it, the word will now begin to work for you beyond your failures. May you receive the word. May you be consecrated to God through the hearing of the word. Can you say amen? Number four, how do we consecrate ourselves? Through mind renewal. Closely associated with receiving the word is where we allow what we've received to influence how we think. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God? Now listen carefully, beloved. At times we say things like, I don't know what God's will is. I don't know what, what how, how can human beings know the will of God? By renewing our minds. You renew your mind simply when you replace the way you have been thinking about something with what God's word says about that thing. There are many opinions you have that you're convinced are right, that are actually are in contradiction to God's word. There are many. Your conscience is clean. You don't see a problem with it. But God's word speaks against it or opposes it. The way you renew your mind is not trying to fit God's word into your opinion. But by throwing your opinion away and replacing it with God's word. It's literally brainwashing. That word. Brainwashing your mind with the word. Not with a pastor's opinion. With the word. Because the pastor can be wrong. And sometimes the pastor is wrong. But the word of God remains forever. As believers, the act of consecration involves being a living sacrifice to Jesus by what we yield our minds to. What you yield your mind to demonstrates what you are willing to follow. When I was younger, I generally thought that the passions in my being, I couldn't control. I actually believed it because this is stuff that's pumped in the media. So if I feel something then I come back, do the thing that I feel. Beloved, if I did that now, this lady wouldn't be married with me. It would have been over after three years. 
You can't just do what you feel. How many of you hear what I'm saying? As for me, this is how I feel. I can't help how I feel. That is true. You can't help how you feel. But you can help what you do with how you feel. I feel, I feel like slapping you right now. I feel like slapping you right now. You know, some of us have said that. And then there's the next act. So get ready. There was a madman in Ghana. Sorry to put it like this. In Ghana, here, when, when you go a bit mad, there's systems to help you. Thank God for that. You know, when, if, if I'm going a bit mad, you know, they just need to call the ambulance and it helps me and they take me somewhere and then they give me some medication and it helps me to be normal. Thank God. But in Ghana, we don't have a, the welfare system is not as developed. The healthcare is not as developed. And there was one mad guy. He was mad. Don't say, how can you say that? He was. You know, in the Bible, they call it madness. And his actions was, as he walked, he would say, it's coming, I'm coming, I'm coming to hit it. I'm coming to hit it. I'm coming to hit it. So when you hear that, you make sure you walk away. Because that's, that's what, when he feels that way, he, he gives you advance notice. I'm coming to hit it. I'm coming to hit it. So one guy, he says, I'm coming to hit it. What's it? And he says, I'm coming to hit it. And as he reached him, bang in his face. Didn't I tell you I am coming to hit it? And walked off. He's mad. <laughs> yeah. He warned you. You didn't listen. You were curious, so he showed you. Hmm. Just because you feel doesn't mean you have to do. Otherwise, we'll have confusion. Sometimes you see a handsome man, ladies, and you just feel. You just don't understand why, but you just feel. You just don't know. Brothers, sometimes <laughs> you see a beautiful woman. You see, it's in the eye of the beholder. One person, that's beautiful. Another person, that same beauty is ugly. So I'm just saying. But anyway, you see a beautiful woman. And, you know, you just can't, you think, can't help but look. Hey, God, you're amazing. Liar. <laughs> don't, 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 don't lie. You're just lasting about God, you're amazing. <laughs> Stop looking. It's not yours. Look at it. Mind renewal. <laughs> Number five. You consecrate yourself through prayer and fasting. Through prayer and fasting. Prayer on his own, yes. Fasting on his own, yes. But prayer and fasting also. Joel chapter 1 verse 14. Consecrate a fast. Call a sacred assembly. Gather the elders and all the inhabitants of the land into the house of the Lord your God and cry out to the Lord. Sometimes as you are on your journey, you realize now there are there are things in the way. I need to do something different. You know, you've been praying in tongues, shabalo, shaba, shabalo, shaba. It's not working anymore. Shabalo, shaba. Jesus, I love you, shaba. Shabalo, shaba. Jesus, help me, shaba, shabalo. You realize that's not shifting anything anymore. It worked for the last three years, but today it's not working. Sometimes you just need to add a fast. Then you find it changes from shabalo, Shabbat to no, something will happen. <laughs> the point I'm trying to make is sometimes 
along the journey, you realize, I need to become desperate. This thing is not changing. This situation is not moving. And I have discovered from time to time, when I have initiated a fast, and you can tell by my structure how much I enjoy fasting. <laughs> but when I've initiated a fast, things have changed. They have to change after not eating like that. They have to change. You know, but I'm serious. When I initiate fast, it has to change. Yes. You go through all that hunger, all that pain. You want to slap people. People talk. Oh, you know, and there's food smelling nice. And Lord, I consecrate myself only for the thing to still remain. Oh, no. <laughs> What's the point of that? I remember the first time I fasted, I was angry. I said, Lord, why this? I, I, I came to the biscuit tin. I looked at the biscuit tin. I said, ah, oh. Then went back. I'm not joking. Oh, this is nonsense. I was on the floor kicking, kicking. Looking at the time, the time stood still. That was the, those are the times time used to stand still. <laughs> but I have discovered when you consecrate a fast because you want things to change and you want to draw close to God, you want things to shift and you are serious about the fast and prayer, they do change. During the fast often things seem to get worse but sometimes during the fast things change as well. During the fast and sometimes after the fast things seem to get worse but three weeks, four weeks down the line you find that things have changed. May you consecrate the fast through consecration. Number six, we consecrate ourselves through making ourselves available for service, to do something for God. We make ourselves available. And again, it can be through prayer and fasting. It can be through just volunteering ourselves for something. It can be through responding to a burden or a need that we see. Luke chapter four, verses one and two. I want to give you this example of the Lord after he's been filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted for 40 days by the devil, and in those days he ate nothing. And afterward, when he ended, he was hungry. Then in verse 14 to 15, it says, Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and news of him went out through all the surrounding region and he taught in their synagogues being glorified by all. Now the point I want to emphasize is this. The Lord was filled with the spirit but he never did any wonderful works until he consecrated himself through fasting. Now you would think, you would think that because he was sinless he wouldn't have to go through all of that. Now look at what the Lord says in John 17 Verse 19. This is just before he goes to the cross. He says, and for their sakes, I sanctify myself or I consecrate myself that they also may be sanctified by the truth. This is a mystery to me. The eternal son of God, sinless, flawless, has accomplished everything. He's about to go to the cross and he's praying for his disciples, for us. And he says, for our sakes, he's making himself even more available than how he was already. That's a mystery to me. 
how can he make himself more available than how he already was? Yet he did it. And the implication there is this. Sometimes, as a leader, for the sake of those you are serving, you have to learn to consecrate yourself. You don't need it, but they're going to need it. And for their sakes, you consecrate yourself. As a parent, sometimes you're going to have to consecrate yourself, not for your sake, but for the sake of your children. As a husband or as a wife, sometimes you may need to consecrate yourself for the sake of your spouse. You may not need it, but they need it. For the sake of somebody, you are willing to set yourself apart to God. Can you say amen? So I conclude with these simple guidelines, and I want to encourage you to consecrate yourself. Consecrate your marriage, consecrate your health, consecrate your ministry, consecrate your children, consecrate your heart. He says, sanctify the Lord God in your heart. And always be ready to give a defense for the reason of the hope that is in you. What is the Lord highlighting in your life right now? As you're listening to me, what is the Lord highlighting to you right now?